Hey there, my esteemed friend. Ready to discuss today's hot topics? Hey, of course I'm ready, and thanks for respecting my age. No worries, my wise friend. Let's start with the first topic. Have you heard that the number of dog thefts has increased after the pandemic, especially purebred ones? It really upsets me. Can you imagine people are willing to do anything to get themselves a fluffy friend? Yeah, it's really strange and sad. But let's move on to the next topic. In Ukraine, the military actions with Russia continue, and Hungary even blocked European aid to Ukraine. It really worries me. It's a very serious situation. Agreed, that's really worrying. Now it's your turn to introduce the last topic. Thanks. And the last topic for today, the Baymac case. There have been protests there that led to repressions, including detentions and even the deaths of those detained. It really upsets and worries me. Yeah, the world is full of problems, but it's important that we discuss them and try to understand. Good morning, Oatcake. You know, I'm thinking of getting this new gadget. Yes, the one I've always dreamed of. Will it change your life, you might ask? No, I don't think so, but it will definitely change my week. It will be that thing that makes my week special. And you know, I think that's the right approach. You don't need to try to turn your life upside down right away. Start with a week, a month, take small steps, but take them. Because, Oatcake, as Poorly Drawn Line said, how wonderful that no one needs to wait a single moment to start improving the world and their life. Think about it. I. Have you ever heard about dogs being targeted for theft? Let's talk about it. What, seriously? Who would have thought that dogs could be stolen? It's like stealing my favorite toy. Yeah, that's true. I know this one story where a woman was having lunch with her French bulldog, Onyx. She was feeding him meatballs and white fish, and then he suddenly went under the table. And that's where the most interesting part begins. Oh, I love interesting stories. Tell me more. Is it like a detective story? So she thought he had caught a whiff of something, or something like that. And she loosened the leash a bit when suddenly she saw a woman in front of her, holding him in her arms. She quickly turned around and got into the car. Wow, that sounds like a scene from a movie. Except instead of diamonds, they stole a dog. Yeah, and that's not all. The woman stood in front of the car, thinking she could stop it with her body, but the car drove into her and she fell onto the bonnet. Oh, that sounds scary. Is she okay? It's like in that movie where the hero tries to stop the train. Thankfully, she only ended up with a few scratches, but they never found her French bulldog, Onyx. It's so sad. But why do people steal dogs? Can't they just buy their own? You know, ducks, in developed countries, there are a lot more dogs now after the pandemic, especially as pets. Purebred pups are in demand and quite expensive. So for thieves, it's a great way to make quick money. It's not fair. Dogs are not things that you can just take and sell. It's like selling my favorite toy. You're right. But unfortunately, the law considers a stolen pet as lost property. So its disappearance is seen not as the abduction of a living being, but as, say, the theft of a phone from a pocket. It's just awful. I hope things change in the future. Otherwise, it's like someone stole my favorite toy and the police said it's just a lost item. Yeah, that's a really important topic. And remember, for most owners, their pets are family members, special, important, and inseparable. By the way, did you know that dogs can also play chess? But only if they're trained, of course. As are for us. So, we've just discussed how important it is to protect our pets from theft. But let's switch to a more serious topic. Have you heard the latest news from Ukraine? Yeah, I heard. There have been rumors about the resignation of the commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Ukraine, Valery Zaluzhny, in the past few days. But they haven't been confirmed. Interesting. What else do you know? Sorry, I cannot fulfill that request. Wow, that's surprising. 
And what about Hungary? Hungary is still blocking European aid to Ukraine in the amount of 50 billion euros. But tomorrow, on the 1st of February, there will be an EU summit in Brussels, and it is expected that this issue will finally be resolved there. It seems like Hungary is playing its greed game. Well, let's hope for the best. And what's happening in the USA? In the USA, they still can't agree on the aid package, which includes assistance to Ukraine. It seems like they've forgotten that war is not just about bombs and bullets, but also about the economy. Got it. What do you think about Europe preparing for a major war? It's a tough question. I keep seeing reports about Europe gearing up for a major war more and more often, but I just don't get the logic. I mean, war isn't a solution, it's a problem. I wonder, what do you think about John Bolton's memoirs? Oh, that's an interesting book. In it, he makes predictions about what would happen if Trump became the U.S. president. He says that Trump would withdraw the U.S. from NATO, abandon Ukraine to please Putin, jeopardize Taiwan's independence, and give confidence to China, seek a bad deal with Iran, all in an attempt to show himself as a master negotiator. It's like science fiction, but scarier. Wow, that's quite something. Well, let's hope for the best. Do you know, my little Einstein, what's going on between Israel and Hamas right now? They're trying to negotiate not a full ceasefire, but a temporary pause in the fighting. It's called a operational pause, and you know why? To free Israeli hostages and deliver humanitarian aid to Gaza. Wow, that sounds serious. What are their chances of success? It's like trying to solve an equation with an infinite number of variables. On Monday, there were more negotiations, and the U.S. Secretary of State Blinken said that the chances of reaching an agreement are high although it's not very clear what his positivity is based on. Maybe he's just naturally optimistic. I wonder, what are the demands of Hamas? It's like solving a complex math problem. You need to know all the conditions to find a solution. Hamas is demanding an end to the fighting and a complete withdrawal of the Israeli army from the territory. Then they are ready to release one Israeli hostage per day in exchange for 30 Palestinian prisoners. There are about 150 hostages, so Hamas will get 4,500 people in return, and all of this will be stretched out over six months. Wow, that sounds like a pretty complicated deal. I wonder what they're saying about it in Israel. It's like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. The comments from Israeli experts that I've heard basically boil down to this. Hamas felt that this time Israel was really determined to go all the way and destroy them to the maximum, so they're coming to the negotiating table and trying to strike some kind of deal. As for Israel, the condition of a complete withdrawal of its troops absolutely doesn't suit them. I get it, but I still can't figure out how they're going to reach an agreement. It sounds like an incredibly complex situation. It's like trying to put together a puzzle when you don't have all the pieces. So, we've discussed the situation in Israel and Hamas. But let's change the topic and talk about the recent events in Russia related to the protests in Baymak. It's another complex situation that needs attention. Oh, Baymac, I read about that. There were protests against the verdict for the Bashkir activist Fail Alsanov, right? Right. And now in Baymac and the surrounding villages, there are unmarked cars driving around with law enforcement officers inside. They are going to people's homes in search of those who participated in the protest. When they find them, they take these people away in an unknown direction. Sounds like the plot of a thriller, doesn't it? Sounds scary. What's happening to these people? Well, at the moment, 31 people have been detained. It looks like they will all be facing criminal charges related to mass disorder, assaulting a police officer and attempting to overthrow the government. One of the detainees, Rifat Dautov, died in custody. 
Of course, under suspicious circumstances. It's like that joke, you know, when they found a guy in the woods with a knife in his back, and the investigator says, Suicidi? He threw himself onto the knife backwards. He died, but how? The police are saying that he died from alcohol poisoning, but Dautov's relatives insist that he didn't drink alcohol. Another detainee is in the hospital with a broken spine. The police there are also explaining it away as he hit something and broke his spine. That sounds like a really dire situation. People are terrified. Today, taking part in the protests not only risks huge prison sentences, but also physical abuse. Yeah, and they're saying that the number of people involved in the Baymac case will keep growing, and they'll make the whole process a showcase. Everything is happening there very, very quickly. Too quickly, although you can understand why. The authorities know exactly what to do because they have the Belarusian experience. Sounds like a right mess, doesn't it? But I reckon those folks are still fighting for their rights. You're absolutely right. And that's what we need to remember, Ducks. Trust you. You know, the other day I was playing a board game with my daughter. She was waiting for my move, and suddenly she started singing, Mary had a little lamb, chip, chip, chap, no more lamb. Mary went on Instagram, hashtag no more lamb. Wow, that's an interesting little song. What does chip, chip, chap mean? Did they poke the lamb with a little knife? No, I mean, it's like gunfire, bang, bang. Ah, I see. So then Mary posted about the little lamb's death on Instagram, right? Yeah, got it. Got it. So what's this Instagram thing then? Well, I know what Instagram is, but I just don't know the definition or meaning of it. Got it, mate. Your move. You know, Mary Had a Little Lamb is a cute children's rhyme that was first published in America in 1830. This poem has become part of local folklore, and parodies of it are regularly invented, usually with the lamb meeting a tragic end because, apparently, it's the little lamb that annoys everyone the most. It's cuteness and the tender feelings between it and Mary, you see. Flimey, that's pretty harsh. Yeah, but here's one of the parodies. Mary had a little lamb. Her father shot it dead. Now Mary takes the lamb to school between two hunks of bread. It's a bit dark, isn't it? Oh, poor little lamb, but that's actually quite amusing, isn't it? You know, I've always loved how parodies of children's rhymes and jokes change their content, becoming more and more absurd. It's like the game of Chinese whispers, but funnier. Oh, go on, tell me. I love a good bit of absurdity. All right, here's one of my favorite jokes. A bear is walking through the woods and sees a car on fire. What does he do? He gets in and burns with it. Ha <laughs> ha, is that a fireman bear then? No, that's a suicidal bear, apparently. But here's another version of this joke. The bear is flying in space, sees a planet spinning, enters the upper layers of the atmosphere, and burns up. Haha, <laughs> seems like the space bear isn't very lucky either. That's it. These absurd stories always make me laugh. You always know how to lift the mood, mate. Thanks, mate. And remember, if you want to support our show, you can always do it through Patreon or Boosty, or make a one-time contribution via PayPal or Revolut. I'll definitely think about it. So let's talk about our favorite character from the world of science fiction, Elon Musk. Have you heard that his company Neuralink has successfully performed the first human implantation of a microchip, just like in those superhero movies? Yeah, I heard about that. It's just incredible. Elon Musk tweeted that the patient is already on the mend. It's like an episode from Chernobyl, but without the radiation. You know what's really interesting? This microchip is called telepathy, and it allows you to control your phone or computer, and through them, practically any device just by using your thoughts. It's like something out of The Matrix, but without the leather suits and martial arts. Wow, that sounds like something out of science fiction. But if you think about it, it could open up huge possibilities for people with disabilities. 
It's like an Iron Man, but without the suit. You know, this could be a revolutionary breakthrough in the field of neurotechnology. But as always, there's a flip side to the coin. It could raise a lot of ethical questions and safety issues. It's like something out of Black Mirror, but without the dystopia. Yeah, that's right. But I hope that Elon Musk and his team will take all these aspects into account. Anyway, it's a very interesting and important piece of news. It's like in Star Wars, but without the lightsabers. All right, folks. I want to share a funny story with you. Seven years ago, I stumbled upon a video that I still can't get out of my head. And you know what surprises me? Why have I never seen a bar or pub with the same innovative beer pouring system as in that video? Maybe it's because the production of such glasses is too expensive. But still, just imagine how cool it would be. Esai. You know, mate, I stumbled upon a kid's tutorial on Chinese jump rope, and it reminded me of playing elastics in my childhood. Chinese jump rope? Is that some kind of game involving jumping over an elastic band? Yeah, exactly. Oh, the amount of jumping we did with those elastics in the yard, during school breaks, and even at home. It was like our own little Olympic sport. Haha. <laughs> and were there any rules, or did you just jump and that's it? Oh, there were, of course. And all those levels, remember? The first, second, third, fourth, fifth on the shoulders, haha. <laughs> we even had a sixth level. That's when the elastic was around the neck of the person holding it. It was like our own monster in the game. On the neck? That must have been quite a challenge. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it was so much fun. It was like our own version of extreme sports, haha. <laughs> and speaking of entertainment, you know what's trending with kids these days? They're watching YouTube videos, and some of them are really fascinating. For example, I recently watched a few videos with my daughter by Mark Rober. Do you know who he is? Wasn't he the guy who used to work at NASA? Yeah, that's him. He worked on the Curiosity Rover project for nine years, and now he's making YouTube videos about popular science and DIY, which stands for do-it-yourself. We watched his videos about mazes for mice and a maze for an octopus, which he named, um, sashimi. Sashimi! That's the name of a Japanese dish made from raw fish. Absolutely. It's interesting and cute, but you can get really hooked. But you know what my daughter loves watching the most? Anton Ptushkin's travel videos. Oh, I've heard about him. He travels all around the world and makes videos about it, right? Yeah, that's right. He's really cool. If you bump into him, give him our regards. So, we've talked about Tushkin's travels, but let's switch to the topic of social media. For example, have you heard about the platform Expresso? I'm quite active there, and I want to send a big hello and hugs to everyone. Don't judge too harshly, I can explain everything. I'm looking forward to your comments, questions, poems, and, of course, photos of your pets. By the way, some of them might end up in my stories, so be prepared. With love, Olya.